is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Nets, your daily podcast on the Brooklyn Nets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keep the trump blasting, toe tagging, I'm riding past them. Before you let them ride with the team, you got to ask them. Who got snaps on the Petro? Keep it real, keep it real, don't front, yo. Welcome to the Locked On Nets podcast, your daily dose of Brooklyn Nets news, analysis, and interviews. My name is David Wurzwinger. Thank you for joining us. It's the beginning of a new week, Monday here, and this week is Kenny Atkinson week here at Locked On Nets. Uh, everything you needed to know about Brooklyn's new head coach, we're going to be going through this week. And it all starts with today. Uh, we have on Brad Rowland. Uh, you can find his writing at Peachtree Hoops, which is uh, the SB Nation blog covering the Atlanta Hawks. He also hosts the Locked On Hawks podcast here on the Locked On Network, so check him out there. Uh, Atlanta Hawks expert, and given Atkinson's coming over from his assistant coaching job in Atlanta, who else to come on the show and give us a little insight into him and what we might be able to expect? Um, But before we get to the interview, let's take care of some business. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends. Every added listener really helps out. We could make our show bigger and better. If you want to sponsor Locked On Nets, uh, you could email us, LockedOnNets at gmail.com. We have affordable rates and reach a great deal in Nets fans. That keeps on growing. Finally, uh, if you want to submit a fan question, all this week is Kenny Atkinson week, so uh, I'm sure you guys have questions about uh, the Nets' new head coach. Send them in. Again, the email was LockedOnNets at gmail.com or tweet us at LockedOnNets. Now to the interview. You are Locked On Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on the Locked On Nets podcast, Atlanta Hawks expert. Uh, You can catch him on Locked On Hawks. He hosts that show in our network. He also writes at Peachtree Hoops of SB Nation. Brad Rowland. Brad, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Happy to always talk some basketball, and we're getting closer to the season, which is very, very nice. I appreciate you coming on. Let's get into uh, the Nets' new head coach, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, you're obviously familiar with him. He spent the last few years on the bench of the Atlanta Hawks as an assistant under Mike Budenholzer. So let me ask you to talk about him generally real quick. Uh, what was his role on the team? What, what, would, uh, what would coaches and players go to him for exactly? Yeah, Kenny, I mean, a lot of the stuff under Mike Budenholzer is sort of cloak and dagger, uh, so it's sort of up for interpretation in terms of what everybody actually does. But we do, what we know about Kenny is that he was the lead assistant in the last few years, sort of the right-hand man for Budenholzer. He also coached the summer league team on a couple of occasions. Uh, there I had a lot of opportunity to talk to him one-on-one and kind of get him uh, out of his comfort zone, uh, more more so than uh, the Hawks don't really let their assistants talk to the media much, if at all. So uh, a lot of that stuff, he was really sort of the engineer of the player development program, which is probably the thing he's best known for. Uh, they get a lot of respect in Atlanta for sort of Hawks University. I think Nate Duncan calls it that most famously. But Atkinson is really credited with a ton 
of uh, player development stuff and really a, a lot of the success stories that the Hawks have had in the last couple of years have been guys that Kenny worked with directly. So that's sort of been his calling card, but a huge part of the, of the defensive uh, architecture and really just kind of uh, implementing Coach Budenholzer's plan and something that I know Nets fans are looking forward to to have that sort of young, vibrant guy. I think Kenny's 49 years old, so still very young in the coaching game and uh, should be uh, pretty exciting to see him take over his own squad. Now, you mentioned uh, player development. I know he was known for that on the Knicks as well, and that's really the one thing I think people recognize him for. Can you go into some examples of maybe some of the young guys that came into Atlanta that you could see grow over time under that coaching staff? For sure. Uh, with Kenny, I think the most famous uh, success story of the uh, this particular staff, including Kenny, is Demar and Carroll. Uh, the Hawks going out and getting Carroll, not necessarily young, a pure young guy in the sense that they didn't draft him, but they went and basically stole him on a two-year cheap contract. And by the time he left, uh, Carroll was getting paid, uh, you know, four-year, sixty million by Toronto uh, after being, you know, transformed into this uh, lights-out three and D player. That was a guy Kenny worked with uh, as his sort of as his guy. Each each guy on the Hawks has their own assistant coach they work with, and Namari was uh, regularly working with Kenny. Uh, so that's that's the most obvious one. But guys, also guys like Kent Bays more um, who basically was another success story with this uh, with this particular coaching staff sort of transforming him from a bit player in Golden State that really was never in the rotation to a guy who just got paid on a four-year deal and also Dennis Schroeder who was sort of the homegrown guy uh, first round pick but a late a late a late first round pick that Kenny works work with directly during his time he came a long way over the last few seasons from where he was as a rookie where it was sort of a, an adventure each and every night to the fact we're now the Hawks are ready to turn the keys over to uh, Schroeder long term so Atkinson gets a lot of credit for that and uh, frankly on my end I'm a little worried uh, about the Hawks without him so that, that kind of tells that kind of tells you about how much credit he's gotten and how much he's deserved for the work that he's done with some of those high profile guys yeah, that's, a, that's a big thing to say about an assistant coach and it's funny the players you mentioned because you think of Schroeder he's really similar to Jeremy Lin and Atkinson worked with Lin and Lin credited at, credited Atkin, Atkinson a lot uh, for Lin's sanity so it, it's a funny little parallel there and also with Damari Carroll and Kent Bazemore I'm going to get to my point in a second, but I remember when I used to write about the Hawks pretty consistently. I wrote for Hawks Hoop of ESPN's True Hoop Network. Uh, Damari Carroll said once he wanted to be the black Kyle Korver in, in, reference, <laughs> in reference to working on his shooting, and he, he got pretty close. I mean, he developed his jump shot a lot. But my original point was Bazemore and Carroll, two athletic wings that – you know, you needed to sort of pound those skills in there to really make them good starters. And the Nets' uh, prospect bunch is a whole lot of shooting guards. And, and, and they, they could slide through three or one, some of them, but for the most part, you think of them as, as twos, and, and so generally wings. And so I'd, li- I'd like to see him do some of the same way with those guys. I think he, he has the pieces, too. Let me ask you, when, when a team picks up an assistant from another uh, it's easy to think he'll steal the whole system, you know, having played under it. But maybe if you get a little more specific, what kind of things can we see Atkinson bring from the Hawks to the Nets? It could be a specific play. It could be anything. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's not always fair, as you said, to, like, to assume he's going to take everything because it's not like Atkinson was with Budenholzer in San Antonio or anything like that. But it is fair, I think, for me to think that the defensive principles – 
will be something that he takes with him. Uh, the Hawks are uh, under Budenholzer and Atkinson have been really uh, very good at sort of adapting, and that's uh, a key to what the Hawks have done with personnel. Um, in that Budenholzer was able to sort of mold to the personnel. But with, uh, especially last season, uh, I think Atkinson was credited a lot with uh, the team's decision to kind of go to more of a ball-hawking defense. Um, and a lot of that, again, was because of personnel. But um, th- just implementing a more aggressive tactic, the Hawks were famously like the number two defense in the league last year without personnel that's really uh, that good. It, it was uh, sort of famous for overachieving defensively. So I think uh, going out and being more aggressive – um, flying around a little bit more on the perimeter, you know, not necessarily Brook Lopez's strength, but aside from that, uh, you know, long term, there's up, you know, that's obviously a debate. You guys can, you guys can handle as to whether Lopez will be there or not. But um, taking advantage of those wings that you mentioned, those athletic wings on the uh, on the outside, um, to sort of become more of a ball hawking unit uh, would be something I would definitely look for if Atkinson can implement everything that he wants to, because he's certainly a fan of tempo. That's something that the Hawks are famous for. And Atkinson, when he was, uh, you know, coaching summer league and kind of having the opportunity to talk to him a little bit more, always was preaching really, really tempo on both ends of the court, speeding things up and making your opponent as uncomfortable as possible. That's something that's something he's definitely uh, a fan of. I think this is good news uh, for Nets fans on multiple fronts. I mean, you talk about a faster pace the Nets, <laughs> and being more exciting. The Nets have been so boring <laughs> the past few years. They're, they're some, they were not a fun basketball team to watch. <laughs> So, so I think a, f- a fast team with a bunch of young guys will be fun. You mentioned the ball-hawking defense. I think it would be so fun to watch Rondé Hollis-Jefferson go in there. And even some of the some of the lesser-known prospects like Sean Kilpatrick, uh, Karis LeVert. Uh, they're so athletic. They, I, I would love to see them just jump out at guys and just bother them. And also you mentioned the adaptability. And I think that's a problem with a lot of coaches is that you see them come in there w- with what they want to do. Uh, they have their, their, you know, what they want to do in offense and defense all set out. And if something doesn't work, they they don't they don't ever change it. They're stuck in their own ways. And having a coach that can adapt to personnel and change things up, I think that I think that's a big thing for Nets fans. So let me ask you this: Is there anywhere you might see him stray away from what the Hawks were doing uh, when he when he joins the Nets? Uh, any area at all where he might do that? It's certainly possible. I think just because of the fact that he doesn't have that full, um, you know, twenty-year relationship with Budenholzer. Like Budenholzer came from the Spurs, and I think he, he pretty quickly strayed from a few things that San Antonio did from the most of his most of his time there. Was you know the Spurs were playing slow, and then suddenly Budenholzer is all about pace and space. I think Atkinson does like the pace and space model, but. Uh, especially this year, I think with with having Brook Lopez on the roster, you might see some different stuff offensively than what um, the, what the Hawks did under Budenholzer and while and while Kenny was in Atlanta because of the fact that they didn't they didn't have a uh, a post up true post up guy like like Brook Lopez can be. So you could see him you know take advantage of that more. Um, I think defensively, also with Lopez, you have you have more of a, a guy who's going to be more comfortable playing closer to the basket. So you could see that adaptability really come into play and just kind of playing to your personnel. I mean, not nothing specifically in terms of what something that I definitely think he will do, but I do think Atkinson is very open to uh, straying away from um, just the pure Hawks principles that they've used the last couple of years, just because he has a, he has an extensive background prior to that. And, you know, one of the key components to the Hawks is being able to adapt to that personnel. So some things will certainly change. I just don't think we know what they're going to be, except for the fact that I think Lopez being sort of the centerpiece of Brooklyn right now will, you know, almost almost facilitates change in and of itself. See, I'm actually glad you brought that up because it sort of compounds on what I said on a previous episode. We were talking Jeremy Lin. 
I was saying how the situation sort of built for him, and he, you know he could really do well under these circumstances. But his main pick and roll partner being Lopez is interesting because Lopez is more of a low post ISO guy, uh, you know, not very mobile. And so you know you saying that uh, Atkinson might play more towards Lopez's game, and, and that would make sense because Lopez is the best player on this roster by far. So you, you sort of sort of back me up on that point. Thank you. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man, because you know, like you don't want to necessarily build build everything around Brook Lopez because you know maybe down the line he's not going to be the centerpiece but you also want to be as competitive as possible so putting him in the best position to succeed is something that I'm sure Atkinson wants to do at least early on it's interesting too because he came on to the Hawks and if <laughs> Budenholzer and that staff coming in felt like a rebuild but it wasn't because they made the playoffs the last like seven years or whatever it was so this net situation is really different because Atkinson, Atkinson's coming in here and he has, well, nothing to work with, really. Uh, how do you think he'll do uh, with, with that sort of change? Yeah, it was, you know, you mentioned the Hawks' success before Budenholzer. It was still a rebuild and, and at least a retooling, I would say, because a lot of, you know, that Hawks team before Budenholzer was very boring, sort of in the way the Nets are now, but in terms of... Uh, the Hawks were more successful, but still under that Joe Johnson regime was extremely boring. They played very slowly, uh, sort of an old school game. Budenholzer quickly changed that. I think Atkinson, you know, it's going to be some. Obviously, they're in the midst of a rebuild. That's kind of undeniable. So you'll see, you'll see more of the uh, him being able to sort of mold his own clay in terms of uh, not having to live up to super expectations in that first year. But I think you'll see the pace and space stuff. I think you'll see. You know, just kind of embracing the rebuild. I think he's he, he's got to know what he's getting into, uh, along along with the new front office as well. That they kind of have to take this thing slowly, and uh, that's one reason I'm sure that they hired Atkinson was because of his player development. You'll see much more of an emphasis on that because that's again that's probably his most famous aspect. Now he gets credit for a ton of that player development stuff recently with the Hawks that they've been credited for really around the league. And I think just taking a slow approach with those guys you mentioned, like Hollis Jefferson's a guy who I would point to that should be able to get better even on offense kind of fixing his jump shot a little bit little things like that you know that you know the head coach can't do it all in terms of that but putting putting guys in place to facilitate player development is huge and in the midst of a rebuild that's kind of got to be the focus i'm going to take a break from the serious basketball questions for a second because i know one of the first things i noticed when budenholzer came in was that he would make the best faces during the games so that is true. <laughs> I'm wondering if there are any Atkinson isms that we should be expecting. Do Do you know of any? He's super active. Like he's very up and down. Uh, you know, it's kind of difficult to see. You know, the head coach is the guy who you can see the most of because he's up because he's always up. But right. Atkinson's very. He was very. Uh, I would say quick to get off the bench and kind of chase Bud down on the sidelines uh, to kind of just be the referee between uh, him and him and referees. When he coached summer league, he was very active, sort of very animated. He's a, he's a New York guy. So I think the fans of Brooklyn will like that right away. Just the way he kind of approaches things. He's, he'll be more, he'll, he'll be much more open than Budenholzer is to the media. I think uh, Budenholzer is a guy who will answer your question, but will give you the most bland, boring response possible uh i think atkinson will be much more entertaining in that sense and that he's just kind of difficult to hide the way that he talks he's he's got that new york edge and i think it'll go over well there in the way that he just is kind of frank to the point he's not going to hide as much as Budenholzer. that's 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 an off-court thing but i think just activity uh he's not he's certainly not shy in my experience with kenny and you never know until, until they actually become an, a, a full-time head coach but look for him to just pre, be pretty active uh i don't think anybody can match bud's faces but uh kenny 
entertaining. He should be he should be entertaining at the very least. See, but this is just even the off court stuff, even the silly stuff like this is great news because the Nets need excitement. I feel like even when they had Garnett and Pierce coming in, it was just uh, you know the second round exit is going to be fun. It, it this this really feels like something organic and fun is happening here and. You know, learning about Atkinson. This whole week is Kenny Atkinson week at Locked on Nets, by the way. I'm going to plug that in real fast. Just learning about Atkinson, I think Nets fans have a lot to look forward to. Hell, crazy quotes in the media? That's great. Fans love that. I mean, did any Raptor fan say, you know, darn it when Masai Ujiri uh, during that playoff series said, F the Brooklyn Nets? (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were all in favor. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, Atkinson may not be, like, as colorful as that particular example, <laughs> no, but, like, no, no. he's going to be pretty open about talking about his guys versus what we're used to in Atlanta with Bud, where it's just going to be the canned response. I think Kenny will be at least outside the box in that sense, where you'll kind of get what you get from him, which is a, uh, I, as a fan, I, w- I would personally enjoy kind of hearing that frankness on a regular basis. Yeah, and I'm going to leave you with this final question. So forget about this roster right now. It, it's obviously a work in progress. Let's say in the future when the Nets have good pieces, how good of a coach is Kenny Atkinson going to be? Give me your general reasoning and give me a ranking. Ooh, the ranking's tough without seeing it. But, you know, I think he'll be a, an above-average NBA head coach. That's sort of an aggressive stance to take, given that he has not coached an NBA game as a head coach. But I like the way I like his. I definitely, from what I know about him and have talked to him and seen what he's implemented, I like his his tactical stuff quite a bit. Uh, you never know till you see uh, the full scale what he's in charge. But I think he'll be good at implementing what he wants to and sort of molding to his talent. And I love the player development stuff. I'm huge on that. Uh, Atkinson's one of the more respected guys in the entire league when it comes to player development. And so, so you know, get, being able to go in, go go out and get guys for value and turn them into more than they are um, can be can be can be huge for a head coach. Even though he's not picking the players, but got, being able to just go out and get guys that you know you can hand to your head coach and have him do yeoman's work with will be huge. So I'll say he's an above average coach. You know, whether he whether he gets to be a lead or not, you know, part of that becomes talent. To be honest, uh, you gotta you kind of never. Sure never know you never know what, what guys can do until they have real talent but i'm a big fan of kenny and uh i'm, I'm jealous about the brooklyn Nets picking him up i'm uh, we're happy with Budenholzer in atlanta but it was definitely a huge loss and the diehard fans i know of the hawks are uh, kind of at least a little bit worried which should be a good sign for brooklyn uh, even worried that that's pretty crazy I, i'm gonna go a step further i really think he fits the mold he, he's gonna be a really good head coach and this is a hot take this is conjecture because you don't see the weaknesses of a head coach until they're you know, out there coaching games, but uh, he had all this playing experience bouncing around. He, he he was just a well-talked-about assistant. Like, the league loves him. I've never heard a bad word about him yet. Uh, great on player development. Uh, you know, worked for the Hawks. It was a great organization. I, I mean, that, that turned around so quickly with the Hawks. They, they were sort of a an afterthought in the NBA, and now it's like, oh, we're getting a guy from the Hawks. That's great. You know, so... I think he's going to be really good. Uh, if I had to put on a ranking on it, I, I think he could crack top 10 head coaches in the league someday. Uh, hot take, you know, whatever. We deal with it. So it's not It's not that hot, I don't think. He's got, I mean, like, he's still young enough and could grow enough to where that's certainly uh, possible. I will not, it's probably as hot, I guess, but I don't think it's scorching. I think it's perfectly reasonable. It, it's a perfect temperature. It, it's enough to bake the cake without burning it, right? Yeah, it's nice and warm, but I wouldn't say it's uh, blazing or anything. It's nice. I like it. 
Brad Rowland, thank you very much for joining the Locked On Nets podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Had to do it anytime, and uh, good luck with Kenny. Thank you. And that wraps it up for today's episode of Locked On Nets. Thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow, hear firsthand from Brooklyn Nets players on their new head coach. We'll be at Media Day. See you then. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17